Get out of my swamp. <laughs> I'm Brett Favre. <laughs> donkey. <laughs> it's a Hail Mary donkey. I Do I even... make you horny, donkey? <laughs> donkey, what do you know about Bitcoin? I'm Brett Favre. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where 3.30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam. I'm a micro-penis brand ambassador. And Jim. Doug is a flat circle. (laughs) Today, we cover episode 13, part 2 of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts, Episode 13, part two's title is Doug Says Goodbye. And as we alluded to in the last episode, this is the season finale of season one. And it aired in like December 1991. Wow, wow, wow. We did it. We made it through season one. Congratulations, <laughs> us. You've been with us for about half a year at this point if you started to binge us you've made good decisions with your life thank you for joining us honestly i gotta say this has like been one of the most fun projects i've ever been involved in and i really love that we've been doing this and you guys are great thank you both you jim and sam and thank you dear reader for listening this is awesome. i will thank you mike but not sam due to an ongoing legal dispute i'll thank i'll thank jim but not mike weirdly tribalist right now shut up I love you both let's leave it at that trouble in the polycule of good and evil (laughs) just like Opie and Anthony where we just begrudgingly do the show together for 13 years yes like one of those old sports except I love it one of those old sports caster things where the partners have long since learned they just fucking despise one another but on air they have to be really polite can you imagine doing the show if we hated each other Jesus Uh, that would be a nightmare holy (laughs) shit unfortunately I just made myself sad thinking about that (laughs) unfortunately we make too much money on this show (laughs) (laughs) yeah we need this show to keep living yeah all (laughs) a net total negative negative 20 dollars a month Right. Toss some dollars to people who actually need it for a living, by the way, friends and viewers. No, give it to holy me. Holy shit. Give it to me. Give, give, it, it, to me. give it to me. <laughs> it I need candy. I need candy. I need candy. <laughs> also, donate to Sam's Patreon because we do still need to build that rocket to go to the center the of dig- Hollow Earth. The dig right. rocket. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> truth exposer. Oh my god. Man, we're starting to strong on this episode. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I mean, it's kind of appropriate that we're talking about this, that we're doing throwbacks to previous episodes yeah. and we're kind of like wrapping things up. Because this episode kind of begins as like a clip show. Yeah, this is half of a clip episode. They can't even like be lazy correctly. Like <laughs> they had 11 minutes to fill and... They couldn't, so they threw in the first (laughs) 
three or four of those as let's just do a clip show, shall just, we? Just really quickly, this is like a twelve minute show, right? And the entire plot can be summed up with Skeeter thinks his his family's moving away from Bluffington, but Skeeter's actually moving downstairs in his house. That's it. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. No, yes, this needs like, to be spoiled immediately. Because yeah. this needs to be spoiled immediately so you can grasp the magnitude of the failure of this episode. Right. Yeah. As soon as you realize that and you as soon as you realize where this sh- the episode is going and you think about it for a second, it's just incredible. Like this is another yeah. one of those episodes where like if any of the characters had an iota of curiosity, it would fall apart immediately. Or, yeah. or if you ever had a conversation with your children. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, all of this, just like, all of the plot, all the tension just crumbles if you assume that the family talks to each other. <laughs> yep. And answers questions truthfully. Right, other than the bare, like, one sentence minimum of, like, interaction with your child. <sighs> but it's the 90s, and it's very important to uh, let your kids breathe. Let them go out and have fun in the woods for no apparent reason, and just say, be happy when they drag a net with them for, I don't know. Find a porno in the woods. Try to jack <laughs> off to it. Realize you haven't hit puberty yet. Put it in your secret compartment so you can jack off to it when you hit puberty. Puberty doesn't exist. That's done. <laughs> <laughs> that was a couple steps to go. <laughs> Is that the plot of an episode? Uh, I mean, that's sort of like Doug Bags and Nematode. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly not entirely there. off. <laughs> I guess so. I'm channeling um, all the manic energy I can because, like, watching this episode really drained myself for whatever reason, and yeah, I just gotta same. keep. I've got to keep the ball rolling. I'm like a shark. If I stop moving, I'm going to die. Yeah, no, this was a weird one because I genuinely, like, I don't usually get mad at these episodes. I got genuinely fucking mad at yeah, this episode. Yeah, the twist. twist fucking sucks. Yeah. Jim sent out a, uh, a message to us last night that was just like, Man, I'm so fucking mad. I took a whole page of notes on one <laughs> plot point. Like, I'm I'm going to send this out as an Instagram story of, like, just that statement. Because that's an amazing trailer. I, God. it. The thing that kills me about it, like, we'll get to the full one when we get there. But the thing that fascinates me is... This is one of those ones we mentioned in an earlier episode that uh, they're sort of the V of watching a bad piece of media. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so good it's good, there's so bad it's good, and then in the middle there's so bad enough that it's not even fun. This is an exquisite level of awful because there's a (laughs) segment in the middle where actually they do a pretty decent job. They are walking towards, no, actually, you've captured something real and emotional that you can think about and that will resonate with anyone. And then, nope, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, Slip on the banana peel. In that little V diagram, this is not a point, but it's a snake that wraps around the entire V. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, because it goes from point to point. Like, it's almost good. You right? almost like it's feel so for close. Doug. You almost think he's going to actually face some sort of uh, adversity. But then, nah, uh, fate, fate Fuck intervenes. You. Fuck off. Fuck off. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's we say this a lot that like they get so close like okay, remember that this is a show that's about like morals. It's a show that's about well, it's a show that's teaching. trying to be about morals. Right, right. Like that's their goal is to be about morals. It's about teaching something to the kids who are watching it. And this gets again gets so close, but then they realize, wait a minute. If we, if this show is to continue and we want a second season, maybe we shouldn't throw probably the most popular character into the dumpster, right? Hey, Mr. Mr. Dink. Dink doesn't appear God in this one it. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the other okay. problem with it, but we'll deal with You're that right. when it comes. Yeah, they already fulfilled Dink's contract of how many episodes he has to be in, and he refused yeah. to Dink's come Dink's appearance voices. fee, you may in fact guess, is very expensive. Yeah, exactly. Man, all right, so let's walk through this one now. Uh, this is, it's called Doug Says Goodbye, and that can be interpreted if a bunch only. of ways. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. like, the, it starts off with the idea, Doug Says Goodbye primes you for, wait, that means he's going to have to deal with something in his life not going the way he wants it to. Right. This is something we called out in the very first episode as a critical step if Doug is ever going to grow and mature into an adult and not remain a little blinkered 11-year-old forever. You think, you are primed to assume something good will happen here. Well? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's find out. Like, I remember, like, in the first episode, we did talk about how, like, this this whole thing is Jim Jenkins creating a world where aren't, there aren't, like, bills and mean people and whatever. And I remember I had a question in the first episode, was, like, how would Doug actually respond to real tragedy? And I'm starting to think that, like, that's a faulty question. It's, like, dividing by zero, because it can't happen. <laughs> like, in, in this context of, like, Doug existing, tragedy just gets pushed away. Yep. There's just mm. a quiet little... We need to start in on the actual story just so we can deal with this. But, like, the opening of it is so wonderfully inane. Doug is writing, Dear Journal. Did you ever have something happen to you that made you realize what was really important? Because Doug should follow that up with, because I never have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he sort of does in this one. He, like, says what that thing is at the end. But it doesn't change his behavior in the slightest because he was already doing the thing. For me, that thing was the first time I blasted ropes out of my penis. (laughs) (laughs) Approximately three years ago. (laughs) Speaking of running themes in a show... God damn it. <laughs> I thought we all got that out in the intro, in the warm-up. No. Still okay. here, baby. Sometimes you got another shot left downstairs. Sometimes you just got a nut. Let's move on. We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> so Doug and Skeeter are in the attic, and they're looking for uh, a costume for BB's big costume party. And they're rifling through what I'm pretty sure is Uncle Happy's old clown trunk. Uh-oh. <laughs> this doesn't go good places. No, no, this could only be bad. Where's the, the fa- mask, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> and they find a mask. But it's a different mask this time. This time they find the disembodied face of one of the beats. <laughs> So they decided that what they want to do for this costume party is that 
Porkchop, Skeeter, and Doug want to go to the costume party as the Beats, and they find in this trunk, they find a perfect rendition of Chaz Lipman, Chap Lipman, who is the drummer of the Beats. Chap Lipman, world's greatest drummer. Do you get the joke in the name of Chap Lipman? Chap Lipman. I can explain it to you at great length if you don't. Chap that's a bonus on the picture. <laughs> so, you gotta pay twenty dollars a month to get that shit. It's four hours. <laughs> I'll be Jim real Walker. by the middle level of it. I'm just ranting at you it's about a, video uh, games. It's actually a video because Jim has to like draw a diagram for Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the words beepus appear a lot on the diagram. I'm not gonna lie. Jim brings in many celebrity experts who then leave the recording. Hi, I'm Brett in- Favre, and it turns out that actually. <laughs> Yeah, he just contracts people on that service where you can pay celebrities to say stuff for you. And he's Please donate like, to our Cameo accounts. Yeah. God. I like, we still haven't fucking started the episode. Yeah, we did. But, yeah. Sort of, yeah. Okay, so anyway, they find a perfect rendition of Chap Lipman, and Doug is like, oh man, but I need to find the wig for my outfit. And they don't find anything for him in Uncle Happy's like Really quick, I... Uh, Doug goes, All I needed was to find the right wig for my costume. At the very end of the episode, you see that is 100% of his costume. He doesn't have a costume at the end. Except for the wig! There's a section of it where his mom says, Let's see what this looks like with the rest of your costume. Yeah. And they like go to get it, but that's his costume. This is Yeah, book. it's just the wig. What's the rest of your costume? I the artists aren't willing to draw me in any other getup. Mom. I'm not recognizable enough without if I change my outfit ever. Right, they're contracted. We didn't have the obligated. budget for putting Doug in a costume. Right, they used that on the slug episode. Right, yes. <laughs> and everyone got confused because they didn't know who the character was. <laughs> it's a show called Slug. <laughs> slug funny. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, oh, keep an eye out for our new indie video game offering, Slug Funny. It's mostly right. just you punch Doug repeatedly. <laughs> it's on Steam Early Access, but it's been flagged for nudity. <laughs> We're still not sure why. Yeah. Anyway, back to Doug. But then, out of the blue, the worst thing that can happen to two best friends happen. I just found out I'm moving. And this is like a big moment because recall that the beginning of the show, episode one, was Doug first moving into Bluffington, right? So this is like, oh no, now I have to deal with this with someone moving away. And, As we've uh, all seen from previously, after you move, it's like you died. Nobody who in the previous town will ever pay attention to you, know you existed. It's as if you came into existence the moment you moved. I mean, look, as some, like, I moved a bunch growing up, right? Like, I would, I moved maybe every, like, four years maximum, right, is the place I stayed. And before the internet was a thing, that kind of is true, right? Unless you were, like, super close with somebody, that's kind of what happened. And so I can understand this tension as someone who's moved a lot. Um, And, like, you know, and recall that Doug's only been here for, like, a year, or actually, he's been been here for 40 years. (laughs) 
Doug's been here for it's unclear what time of year it is because he arrived in summer and it's still summer. Right. Yeah, so and, is, but it is, was winter last also, week. Also, is it a costume party or is it a Halloween party that they're going to? Are they just like it a randomly caught like a random day where you're dressing up? I think is that's it Halloween. What it is. Be- because there's a moment when Roger says, he's like, what do you, th- it's not Halloween yet, ha ha. That's true. And like, but then I, Roger I think it's is Halloween. dressing up, you know, for the costume party. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it's Halloween. Man. I think it's just a, I don't know, I'm whatever. I'm sweaty <laughs> thinking about this. <laughs> I think BB, as per her role as a child of the owner of the town, it's necessary that all come in masks that if somebody was to be mysteriously swapped out with some horrifying clone produced by her father's laboratories, it's not immediately (laughs) obvious. Yeah. Man, okay, so Doug Doug hears that Skeeter's gonna be moving, and then we, like, cut to the title card and we cut back, and uh, Skeeter's, like, revealing that his dad said that he has to get out, he has to pack in one day. Moving? Why? My dad said, he told me I had one day to pack. And that's all his dad said to him was, your, uh, he must have said we, I don't know if he said we or your, I think he said your, yeah. like going, giving the context, has context of like what's happening. Yeah, he must have said you're moving, you have one day to pack. And then right? either Skeeter asked no follow-up questions <laughs> or his parents just straight up lied to him. That's the only way it makes sense. Like, okay, where are we moving? Why are we moving? Did we already buy a new house? Why is Dale shitting in a litter box? (laughs) (laughs) There are many important questions here, none of which will be answered, and none of which were asked by Skeeter. But just imagine that scene. Like, it's so cruel if he asks questions, (laughs) and they're just like, no, uh, yeah, we're moving. We're all moving, and you have a day. Here's here's what I imagine that one of two things is the case. One that uh, in the context of that he says, "Hey, you're moving. You have one day to pack." That this was a note that he slipped under Skeeter's door while he was grounded. <laughs> yep, sensible. Right? I mean, the other option is that he said, "Okay, we're moving," and then Skeeter just went, "Yes, sir," and started packing. <laughs> yeah. Or so, it's me, possible that they have to give him this information repeatedly because, as we know, Skeeter and Roger are the same person. And so they mm. informed Roger of this, but Roger didn't relay the information to Skeeter. So Roger's known for weeks, but Skeeter is like, wait, why ah. haven't you packed yet? Like, you've got a you day. You have one day. Like, yeah, you have one day. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time tormenting Doug the last couple of weeks, so I right. guess Roger just doesn't share that information with me. Or... Or it's this is just like some fucking Breaking Bad shit, and Mister Valentine has to get out of town fast, <laughs> very fast. No time to one explain, day. Skeeter. You have one day to pack. No time to explain. I gotta go. I gotta go now and get our arrangements. And that explains place. why they change it to you just gotta move to the basement because at the end of the thrilling Breaking Bad mini arc, wherein uh, Mister Valentine was involved in a running gun fight with uh, <laughs> some manner of cartel. It was all made clear. It was all fine. Okay, never mind. We actually meant we're just moving you to the basement. It's all fine. It's all completely fine. And Mr. Valentine is just quietly hiding the fact that he's been shot in the back, but he can't go to a doctor because he's afraid they might be cartel affiliated. Yeah, Mr. Valentine's just like, oh, our, 
Our territory's been protected, Skeeter. We're all right. We can stay here. We've held off the advancement of the muties from Liver City for now. <laughs> My crank theory for this episode, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I just had the idea, is that Skeeter actually does move here, and all the Skeeters that happen after uh, this episode are just like a Fight Club Tyler Durden situation. Oh, it's a possible yeah. one. Just that, I mean, maybe that ad- adversity does happen to Doug, and his brain just deletes it because, like most oh, episodes, shit, most episodes yeah, are yeah. like done as like a retrospective in his journal. So, like maybe he is just recounting the reality that he wants to live in. That, yeah. I, okay, and, I can kind of see that. And that puts into extra context the episodes where it's not a recounting, like where it happens in real time. And then at the end, he's writing about it because like he's rewriting like, mm, I don't know, because he's like, maybe he's like revamping the lesson of it. Maybe he's like specifically cutting out. Well, wait, that thing that happened to me happen. didn't have a moral or anything like that. It should probably have had a moral. I should rewrite <laughs> it so it does. It's a crank theory, so I don't have it fully fleshed out yet. But I would like to keep it in the back of my mind for episodes coming up after this. Perfect. In season two, we will keep a close watch on whether or not Skeeter actually exists. Uh, Yeah, we just watched Doug, like, saying, like, the most inane things possible just to an empty room by himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does that a lot anyway. We've seen what it looks like when he's just talking to his visions, and then suddenly we fade back into the real world, and everyone else is like, Doug, just for return to form. Yeah, that gets taken Man. to the next level in a second here. But let's let's keep yeah. moving on. Let's keep moving. Uh, so this is this is when it kind of transitions into like a clip show, right? Like Doug remembers all the good times. He remembers the time when Skeeter taught him to order in the the coded language at Honkerberg. Except for he Sam didn't got- fucking teach him. He just ordered it. Right, and Sam got really mad at seeing the stuff written on the monitor. <laughs> Classic funny it, papers it, moment. Right, yeah. Um, and then he remembers... They also redid it. I went back and checked. They, they did! Yeah. <laughs> they reanimated the it. One. That's so good. <laughs> they reanimated it and changed the dialogue slightly, yes. and I have no idea why. They changed it, and they didn't change much of it. They changed it from... Doug said in the like the redo, like in this one, he says, my family's starving. But in the old one, he said like, I need food because my family's starving. Like, why Why did they redo that? <laughs> There's no need to change it up, but they did, and I'm not sure why. They completely defeated the purpose of a clip show. Or they just, like, needed to shave, like, two seconds off the episode time. Because <laughs> it was so rigid. They needed to shave two seconds off, and they didn't shave, you know, any of the next Anything. sequence of... The time that Skeeter taught me how to dance. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. (laughs) No, he didn't. And also, the agonizing, like, 15 seconds of silence as Skeeter just kind of wiggles. And then ties himself into a horrible knot and can't move. Right, so... If you want to know more details about these scenes, let's not dig into them because we've already talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, Episode one of the funny papers for the first one. Episode two of the funny papers for the second one. And then the meeting the beats one. I don't know. Was that like episode six? That was like four, five, six, something like that. But really quick on the one. like He he remembers meeting the beats with Skeeter, but then he like 
thinks about it for a second and then Skeeter and Porkchop disappears and it shows him just like doing air guitar by himself and then feeling embarrassed but then it transitioned back into the real world so he right. like remixes his own memory here yeah yeah <laughs> and like maybe that's a like view into what actually happened of like him actually just doing it by himself and never meeting the beats yeah maybe yeah. Porkchop right. doesn't is- exist either also <laughs> really real like dumb nitpicky point here Porkchop is wearing a pink mohawk None of the beats have a pink mo- mohawk. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's another aspect to Porkchop's costume choices, which will happen later. Let's save that later, though, yeah. because he does some other shit. But at the conclusion of the mini set of clips, just life wouldn't be the same without Skeeter. I mean, yeah, it would. It'd be basically <laughs> identical, in fact. I don't know. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have his good buddy there to frame half the episode. To kiss on the mouth. Right. <laughs> He'd still have Roger. Like, like we all do <laughs> with each other. Constantly. Right. Yeah. Imagine if we didn't like each other. We had to kiss on the mouth every Imagine episode. Imagine we didn't fuck every time we saw each other. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be Ooh, that would be awkward. Like oh this. man. <laughs> Uh, speaking of who wants su- to be the next guest on the fucking <laughs> speaking of sucking and fucking we call our guests daddies yes <laughs> no. oh no I'm sorry guests Doug now envisions like what could I do for Skeeter now and he imagines well Quail Man could and we flash over to Loserland, and in Loserland, the Valentines are driving out of town, and Quail Man descends in front of their driving car, and... What's that running across the road? Looks like a quail! It is I, Quail Man. Looks like a quail. No, it doesn't. In my, in my head, <laughs> that just goes, screet, thump, screet, dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quail Man doesn't have super strength. He doesn't have super arms. Just like flies out in front of a car, fucking dies. Fantasy ends. <laughs> just the show turns off. Dark yeah. Souls style. You died appears on the screen. Right. <laughs> credits roll. But you know, dude, the credits, dude, you know, the credits are completely dude, dude. silent. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know, you know how in the credits it always shows Doug and Porkchop like waving goodbye in the bottom. There's just not no there. one there. It's like a tombstone. I mean, you just see a cross slowly raising up from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Rip Quail Man thought he could stop a car. Not one of his it's, powers. It is called Doug Says Goodbye. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Okay, but really what happens in this fantasy is... Uh, Quailman uses a power that he does not have, and he mind controls Mr. Valentine. And he's and Mr. Valentine says, "Honey, kids, I'm helpless and stupefied. I don't think we'll be moving after all." Guess I don't have to pay this new mortgage. Yeah, yep. did they already sell their house? Did he already quit his job and get a new job? Well, <laughs> like, he doesn't have any information because nobody asked a follow-up question. That's true. Or if they yeah. did. Skeeter didn't convey like the excuses or lies. That right. or, yeah, like, Doug doesn't about- ask him either. Like, why are you nope. moving? <laughs> yeah, no, right? Why are you moving? God well, damn it! Authority has proclaimed that this is happening. Therefore, it is happening. And so Doug yeah. can only imagine that if he was in a super position of authority, he could turn around and say, "No, 
this isn't happening. And oh, okay. Done. Yeah. There's one other thing about this uh, Coil Man scene. It shows the whole family in the car, and I noticed that Dale is not wearing a car in a car seat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's in a seatbelt, and that's something at least. You don't put like, a cat in a car seat, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, recall previous episode that we theorized that uh, Dale might be the same character as Stinky Roger's cat, just like how we theorized that Skeeter might be the same as Roger. Mostly because they're both small, hang around their owners, and constantly own Doug. Just and never stop. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. no shit in a box. It's no going to be good questions. when we get to the episode where Stinky has, like, litter kittens, and we try to figure <laughs> out why the hell that happened with uh, Dale. Oh. <laughs> Let's save that one, because, damn, yeah, you're right. That's going to be a, quite a fucking mental gymnastics episode. Sounds like it's not canon to me. I don't know what you people are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining a tarantula wasps, wasp situation. Oh, God. Let's not explain what that is. It I sucks and it's gross. Hear. I'm closing my ears right now. <laughs> anyway, so we we move on to uh, the next fantasy, which is uh, Doug imagines, hey, what would Smash Adams do in this? Attempt to this- fuck his teacher. <laughs> yeah, this is just Doug, like just like the clip show of um, the actual episodes. He's like, "Hey, what do all my, what would all my fun characters do in this? What would Uncle Happy do in this situation?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm Play the hit, Sam. <laughs> this is our just our clip show. <laughs> it kind of is, which is appropriate. Diarrhea in the shower, cat penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I am kind of pissed off that Jack Bandit doesn't appear because I just imagined, well, what would Jack Bandit do? Ransack Skeeter's house. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, He's what James Bond would this. actually do in this situation would just be shoot Mr. Valentine in the head. <laughs> yeah. Then he would drop a witty Bon Mott and walk off into the sunset. Is it Bon Mo or Bon Mott? I don't fucking know. Blow uh, the house it's up. not English, so I don't know it. Mm. <laughs> he says something smart and cool and then walks off into the sunset. I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why this doesn't happen. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, so what does happen here is uh, Skeeter is being like carried out of the house by those two mover guys who are frequently like the goons who work from for the town, like the people who like are servants of Mister Bluff and Bluffington at large, uh, just like the government ops in disguise. They're carrying Skeeter out of the house. So to me, this says like Skeeter's under arrest, right? Yes. <laughs> like they're taking for him all in. of his. Men- any cult-related crimes. Yeah. He's been committed. <laughs> exactly. They're taking him to the hospital. Right. And they're taking him to a jail where he will commit suicide. Gigantic novelty wink. Oh, no. Skeeter so, Epstein. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So we, as they're carrying him out, uh, Smash Adams, who is Doug, threatens the movers with violence, and then they drop him and yeah, back he off. He just does air karate so hard that it like intimidates the fucking movers. You're not moving, my friend, anyplace. Now take all that stuff off the truck and put it back. <laughs> and I guess that works. Uh, but then it cuts to Doug being like, but there's nothing I, Doug Funny, could actually do. And it shows him, like, 
holding on to the back of the trailer as they're driving away, like skidding off, and the Valentines don't notice or give a shit. Yeah, and this like, is a big psychology. It's him realizing his impotence when faced with like actual uh, adversity. But what about me? What could I do? <laughs> Right, I, I like that his, he doesn't like try and talk to them in this fantasy. He's like, my actual power would maybe be to talk to them like a human, uh-huh. but I can't but he, do like, that. This is the first moment that I was like, okay, I actually kind of like where they're going with this. Because, no, you're 11 years old. You don't have the power to stop yeah. this. This is The world is big, and sometimes things outside of your control that are bad happen. And you have to learn to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Well, real people do. Doug doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah no because because he's like having a mo a feeling of powerless and even in the next scene when we go back to reality uh skeeter says oh i have an idea of how we can avoid this zero follow-up uh, questions yeah yep. zero follow-up questions and well doug actually does ask he says like what is your idea and skeeter says it's a surprise <laughs> and runs off doug and goes doug- oh no because doug has learned that trying things will literally never work and is only an avenue for pain well yeah that's what doug literally says here he says you know, I don't know what he had in mind, but I figure it wouldn't work. Like, and that's just like, damn, dude, you fucking dunking your friend before no, he even does Because anything. there is no such thing as hope in this world. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no hope Fuck. about adversity. Yeah, hope involves the possibility of change. There is no change, therefore there is no hope. Despair <sighs> is the only correct reaction to existing <laughs> in the funny universe. Honk, honk. <laughs> Killer tofu. Hey, <laughs> God damn. So uh, then we go to the next scene where Doug is at home and he's sitting. He's sitting dejected in his kitchen and he's just like, "Man, I'm I'm feeling low." And then Doug's mom busts in and just like wearing a wig that looks like one of the Beats, and she's just like, "Hey, I found the perfect wig." For your costume, and you'd look great in it. And she like throws it on his head. She like, like whips it on his head. Yeah. yeah, and like and and like and and doesn't like have any sort of like notice that Doug is looking sad. She's just like, "You look great at the party, why, Douglas? You look just like your father before we were married." Also, this is more lines than Doug's mom has had ever. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Ever since telling the movers to get to work in episode one, this is the most like character arc that she's had. Um, but like in this, she's just like talking, like ba 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 ba, and like not responding to like the world around her. She's just <laughs> saying words. Like this is reminds me of like you remember in that episode when we had Steve on and he was talking about the uh, like how girls gossip in these universe where one person says something and the rest of them stare blankly at the person talking. <laughs> I this have no like- idea what that's like. <laughs> yeah. This is mostly what's happening here. And then Doug's mom says, let's see what it'll look like with the rest of your costume. And this says that, like, there's... There's a rest of the costume. And it exists, and Doug has it in his closet. Like, that's what this says, right? Yep. Because they go up to his closet. And they go up to his closet, and inside his closet, there is Skeeter playing cards with pork chop, eating pizza. Skeeter's brilliant idea is trespassing. 
<laughs> yeah, like, how did he get in there? How did he get into Doug's house? Did Breaking Porchop and entering. I think Porshop must have let him in. That's the only way, right? Or he I, doesn't I, exist. And he just, <laughs> he's just there. Yeah. Well, see, that kind of makes sense because, like, he's doug slams the door and he's like sweating bullets and he's like oh mom you gotta go now i gotta do my homework and his mom's just like oh okay like this <laughs> mom's like yeah like, no this, nothing weird here this would only like most i would imagine like any mom who has like an iota of like you know perception would or be, like, gives a shit about her kid she's gotta get back to the hotel where phil is <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, but she must have had like he's got drugs in there or something. He's got a right? big old porno stash in there. Yeah, and he's just like slamming the door, sweating bullets. Doug, you, you didn't leave. open the do not open box, did right. you? <laughs> That's at the top of his closet. I actually looked for that in this scene. I looked to see if that was in there, and it wasn't. That's where Skeeter got the pizza. <laughs> yeah, the it's pizza just a box full of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Secret pizza. <laughs> Secret pizza. <laughs> yeah, so so Doug goes back in there and he's like, what are you doing here? Oh, hold on. I do have to step in because there's a really weird moment because as sure. he opens this up, because when he first opened the uh, door to the closet, Skeeter offered him a slice of pizza. And then when he opens the door again, the pizza is on Skeeter's face and he pulls the pizza off his face and the cheese and pepperoni on it are gone. Right. Skeeter's skin has absorbed <laughs> the cheese and pepperoni, which tells us something important. I was on the right track in the first episode that Skeeter was head of a cult, but I forgot. <laughs> it's the 90s. Cults are in the process of giving way to be people being nuts about aliens. And Skeeter, we've now seen it demonstrated, is definitely of extraterrestrial origin. He's doing the thing that was in all the fucking movies back now about how... Ah, pizza, good, but I don't understand how eat. I rub on my head and the cheese and pepperoni are absorbed, but not the bread for some fucking reason. He just, yeah, he just opens the door and then, like, he's just doing the thing, uh, with the thing merge with a pork chop. Yes. yes. He's just like, give Coca Cola. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Or, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Or that was, like, some kind of, like, mutant pizza from the Do Not Open box. Ooh, it, like, also a possibility. When, yeah, when it, like, it absorbed itself into his essence. Yeah, that, yes. the Do Not Open box, you reach in there and it grants you your heart's desire, but at a terrible cost. Right. <laughs> that is a pizza, but with no cheese or pepperoni. Right. <laughs> but pizza, but you can't the, eat cheese and pepperoni on it. You can, you can the, no longer eat food. You can only absorb it. The monkey's paw closes one finger. <laughs> but it's a Jim Jenkins monkey's paw, so it's both, yeah, your wish is stupid, and also the way it backfires on you is more annoying than it is anything yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> like, you ask for a short commute to work, but, I mean, there's a weird stank in the car. Okay, right. sure, whatever. <laughs> We've all been in your car, Jim, we know. Yeah, yeah. And some of you have even been allowed to leave. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they, Doug is just like, Skeeter just says, oh, I'm going to live here now. And then Doug goes, oh, all right. And then, just, <laughs> and then they just like turn on the radio and start jamming to Killer Tofu. Both of Doug's parents are either deaf or they're definitely at the motel. Yeah, <laughs> right. motel. 
Also, Judy yeah. doesn't appear this whole episode, so Judy is also at the motel. It's like, just gotta get out of this fucking house. <laughs> and I guess Dink's at the hotel, too, damn. Yeah. Some good hotels. <laughs> they all went on vacation without Doug. <laughs> it's home alone, but Doug never realizes that his family is missing. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's the reverse of the arc with Ske- the Doug Skeeter's family thing realizes that he's missing and gets worried. Doug realizes that his family's missing, but doesn't really. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Okay, but so they're they're jamming out, and then Skeeter's like, "Man, let's go to the Honker Burger. I could go for a shake." And Doug like actually has a smart thing where he's just like, "Hey, if you're hiding out, people are gonna no- notice you, right?" I think it's around like, no. here that the line is said. I'll hide here, and we can be secret brothers. <laughs> yeah, that that to me like sort of supports my crank theory because it's like the writers are winking at us that like Skeeter's existence is a secret. Yeah, yeah, and there's like so many things in this one that like show that in just a moment because they go to the Honker Burger. And Skeeter's idea is to just wear the costume that he had the other day. That he's probably going to wear to the costume party. Yes. And, like, of course, he looks exactly like Skeeter. And everyone notices him. And that's, like, I I was, like, pleasantly surprised that the show, like, didn't make him just be anonymous in this thing, right? They should have just been like, it's Chap Lipman! (laughs) (laughs) He gets swarmed. People asking for autographs. (laughs) So they get to the Hunger Burger, and, uh... Then Skeeter's dad rolls up into the Honker Burger. Wearing his captain hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. His tugboat picnic Just so captain they can hat. make an, a forced eye-eye joke at the very end. Well, yeah, hold on. It's a small chance. We know that the time that Doug had to watch Baby Dale, they were going to the adults-only tugboat time. Yeah. And maybe the reason they were going to the adults-only tugboat time is because Mr. Valentine is a boat captain or something. I think he is a boat captain. captain. I think one of the reasons it would make sense that Skeeter's dad would need to move is that he needs to move somewhere where he could put his tugboat on the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) He needs to move to the water. The only water source is a small lake. Yeah, yeah, Lucky Duck. Where you, why is there tugboats there? Because <laughs> specifically, tugboats are for like tugging freighters, yes. right? Yeah, like, they're for moving moving ships and other like cargo. I mean, okay, well, hold on. We established that Lucky Duck Lake is like the dumping ground for like military <laughs> secrets, so that's the shit he was tugging, right? Ah, yeah. okay. He's tugging the waste out to the middle of the nuclear waste out to the middle yeah. of the lake and just dropping and, it in there. And that's why he has to move because the feds are on to him. Yes. <laughs> okay, this is starting and to then, make sense. Now. And part of the off scene thing is him getting together with Bob White in order to pass an emergency deregulation thing to allow him to keep <laughs> dumping toxic waste into the middle of the lake. Yeah. <laughs> And they have to put all the toxic, the, the new location for the toxic waste is Skeeter's bedroom because we know that Skeeter is an extra dimensional entity. Yeah. And that's like a pocket dimension where they, they're like, we're wasting this on our son. We can put toxic waste in here. We'll put the, we'll put the alien child who we adopted for reasons we're still not quite clear on in the basement where it belongs. <laughs> That's the place that's hermetically sealed. Yes, a place that has... There's a button somewhere in that house you can press, and it causes the 
stairway to collapse. Right. Just making sure, in case of emergency, we can bury it under several thousand tons of rock. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, shit. Okay, so... Skinner's dad comes into the honker breaker and Doug is like, oh my god, here comes your dad. And he throws Skeeter under a table where Skeeter is just like hiding out down there. And Skeeter's dad rolls up to Doug and uh, to Roger and he's like scowling. He's like noticeably scowling. But then his ex- in the next frame, his expression changes to like, like a scared face right at when when doug loudly says oh hello mr valentine which he says it really weirdly like he's trying to make it clear to skeeter that this is dad skeeter is under the table skeeter can see it's his dad his dad (laughs) can probably see and wave to skeeter Especially then the re- wind dug through him under. He's like, here comes your dad. But he needs to like let him know again. So what is happening then if if Roger and Skeeter are the same person and Skeeter's dad talks directly to Roger? Yes, like, why, I've got this one. Why? Yes. What's going on there? I've got this one. Jim, Jim, do you? Yeah, like, hit, I spent a while yeah, thinking about first. You this. might have a better one. Okay. So what I noticed here, let's let's walk through the events real quick. Uh, what happens is... <laughs> Visual is, calculus. Yeah, we kind of need to read them. Bring out the diagrams. Bring up the diagrams. <laughs> yeah, picture like a Sherlock, like a uh, mind palace event right now, as I described to you what's Except going on in this Except it's just me scene. like pounding <laughs> off the corner. <laughs> I'm busy drawing I mean, a... Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy drawing a dick and balls on the whiteboard very seriously. <laughs> Guys, keep it together. <laughs> the heist has to happen. <laughs> the thermal drill. Go get it. <laughs> Podcasting. We're in the wrong line of work, gentlemen. God damn it. That's a joke for a video game that's 10 years old. It's called Payday 2, and it's good. Sponsored by uh, Payday 2. <laughs> we wish. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so Mr. Valentine comes in, and he's noticeably worried, and he says, Have any of you seen Skeeter? He never came home after school. Then, like, Roger sidles up to Mr. Valentine and says... And then you starts know, getting really handsy with Doug. Right. And he, Well, no, he gets handsy with Mr. Valentine. He, like, puts his arm around Mr. Valentine. And he goes, you know, sometimes the thing you're looking for is right under your nose. And then Skeeter bites Roger's leg. And Roger, like, shoves his face under the table and, like, why I oughta... And Mr. Valentine doesn't notice this. And for a yeah. minute, I was like, that's weird. But, like... While this is happening, then, like, unfazed by this, Mr. Valentine says to Doug, he says, well, you know, if you see him, tell him to come home because his mom's very worried. And then after Mr. Valentine leaves, Skeeter says, can I come out now? And Roger is no longer in the shot, even though he was in the (laughs) literal previous frame. So to me, every one of these interactions, Mr. Valentine never says something directly to Roger. Everything that happens, Roger says stuff, then Mr. Valentine addresses Doug or Doug talks. Right? There is never a moment where Mr. Valentine and Roger interact. And this says to me that either this entire time Skeeter has been under the table and Doug's been imagining that of course Roger would be here, or that like 
It's an actual physical form change, and when Roger, like, puts his arm around Mr. Valentine and says, like, he might be right under your nose, he's, like, fucking with yes, Mr. Valentine yes. and being like, that's me, I'm here, ha ha! And the part where Skeeter bites Roger's leg, Skeeter is fighting for control of the shared body, but sadly, he's too far away from the ley lines. He cannot right. access the full power, he can only, like... Why I oughta, says Roger weirdly, for no apparent reason, as if someone has attacked his leg. And sensibly, because Mr. Valentine, living in a house with Skeeter, has learned to ignore certain signs of supernatural oddness. Uh, it's like, uh, yeah, Doug, if you see my son, could you let him know that we miss him? My, my theory is much simpler is that Doug <laughs> is completely alone in the ho- in the Hawker Burger here. <laughs> and this is right. all inside his head. This is an imagination sequence. Well, the reason that it's funny you say that is because I was wondering if these roles were reversed and Doug was running away from home, if his parents would show up at the Hawker Burger. His parents Burger would be like, good. <laughs> no, we saw this. They're like, just don't wake your sister up. No more son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Thank true. God there we can finally balloon. stay at our house. We don't have to go to that fucking motel. Yeah, Doug told his parents back in, I think, episode three, oh, I'm running yeah. away. You have no more son. And dad's response was, that's fine. Don't wake I can't even wake up. up for this. <laughs> like, they don't care. God, that's so sad. Oh, man. All right, well... That's the Mind Palace moment between us. Sam, you can stop jerking off in the corner okay. now. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, I guess the show is done. done yet. Oh but anyway, Doug's response to, uh, like, Doug's actually having a serious problem. Because on the one hand, he doesn't want Skeeter to go away. But also, it's really sad that Mr. Valentine is worried. And so, after if you see him, c- could you tell him, please? And, yeah, he's like, and Doug kind of stuttering. I, 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 that's the spirit. That's why he's wearing the hat. It's the only reason. <laughs> it's God. a joke. Do you oh. get it? It doesn't even look like a captain's hat, though. I thought it was like a valet hat at first. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> blue like a, instead of white. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, weird, too, because Skeeter's dad's skin is blue, so like white would pop more. But yeah. no, they didn't do that. <laughs> it's weird. But this one, like, this is also notable because it's, you have a moment of genuine pathos, you can understand how Doug would feel conflicted about this, that, no, it would actually be selfish of me to take Skeeter away from his loving parents, and then the next scene does a good job of driving the knife in on that one. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's It's still slightly silly, and I'll even give them credit for, it's a mix of sad and silly, because just, Doug imagines, uh the Valentine residence, and just, they're sitting there. Baby Dale is just happily saying, Skeeter! Skeeter! For no reason. And Mrs. Valentine asks Mr. Valentine, what are you thinking about, and Mr. Valentine? Our lost son! (laughs) Of course I'm thinking about our son that's gone! (laughs) That has missed two dinners in a row. Oh god, I'm petrified. Of course, as a minor joke, he's just quietly messing around with his spaghetti and meatballs incidentally further proof that they're aliens they're eating the alien food from planet italy and but th- <laughs> they've turned it into like he's turned into a little picture of skeeter uh made out of puschetti and meatballs 
So, I was laughing about thinking about, you know how like the whole Skeeter's dad's whole thing is that he can't remember like a specific word. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I was just imagining him like he was doing that with like slurs to call his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you I'm call? not going to play this one out, but you can you can use your own mind palaces to do that. Well, I was thinking more I can, of the, I, I can hear you getting closer and closer <laughs> to the microphone as you're saying this. I was thinking more about like a oh, what what do you call uh, that that thing that uh, the first one that came out of you that uh, the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the sun yeah that, that's what I'm thinking about yeah exactly right <laughs> oh man so so yeah we had this fantasy and Doug there then Doug and Skeeter are walking back to Doug's house uh, and it's like nighttime and they're under a street light and Doug has a moment where he's like you know what. This is wrong. Like we're I'm we're hurting Skeeter's family, uh, and he tells Skeeter that maybe a moment he should just of move. Genuine empathy, compassion. Yeah. A, it's crazy. A feeling has been had. Doug has recognized there is a world beyond him. People beyond him. People who care about other things happening. And you know what? Maybe just this once. I'm going to have to put other people ahead of myself. And despite yeah. the fact that in the stupid context of this show, I am assumed to have the power to allow my friend to stay in my room forever. I think I got to let him go. I got to tell him that, you know what? It's time for you to leave. His parents have needs too. Yeah. But he doesn't even frame it that way. He doesn't say you should be with your family. He doesn't say like, you know, family is important and they miss you and they're worried about you. He says, maybe you'd like it better there. Yeah, (laughs) it's not great, but at least they set up for the, you can tell why Doug is going there. And yeah, totally. And Doug was like, it's well done. Doug was just like, oh, I'll, don't worry, I'll visit you. I mean, really? Do you know where he's moving? Yes. And also, did he ever visit his friends when he moved away from no. Floatsburg? No. The place that was the place that was ostensibly almost perfect. He's never visited any of them. Nope. This is <laughs> and it. like, like when, none of the setup and when for this Skeeter is there. says, like, will you come visit me? Doug goes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> get on my bike. I go to the Honker Burger on a fairly regular basis. How far away can Bloatsburg be? Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, he has no idea where he's moving. But, yeah, so they they exchange, uh, they exchange tokens of each other. D- uh, Skeeter gives him his new lucky penny, and uh, Doug He spent the Skeeter. old one. Uh-huh. This Dang. motherfucker spends pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, well, this is the, shit spending pennies. This is the 90s when it was somewhat more of a piece of It was slightly currency. more possible to spend a penny back then. Right. And it, now it's just worth literally less than money and also less than the time it takes to exchange goods and services. Whatever. Fuck it. Pennies suck. Uh, but so then Doug says, oh, I don't have a lucky penny, but you can have my comb. And the comb is like covered in hairs, right? So, cool. Which is, you kind of wonder where he got Thanks, those Doug. hairs because Doug I has know. eight of them. Exactly. Right. Maybe they're pork chops hairs. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, right. And then Skeeter says, Will you come over before I leave tomorrow? Sure, Skeet. Then they walk away, and it's like a sad moment. It's right? playing slow, sad acapella. They do a somber <laughs> remix of the do 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 I was just laughing about like somebody covering Hurt, but acapella. 
<laughs> do it right now. I don't know. No, don't do it. <laughs> pretty kick. Wait, shit. Fuck the police. Yeah, <laughs> that's somebody's probably done that. It's probably almost bad. certainly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Then we cut to the next morning, and Doug's going to see Skeeter. But oh no, he shows up, and he sees the Valentine family car. He sees a car. car driving off, and he's like, oh, that, that's Skeeter. He knows their family car. Yeah, he, he knows he the family knows car, and he sees like. the family car driving away, and he is heartbroken. He's like, no, I had this one last time I could see my friend before he left, and I may, don't know if I didn't remember to ask him where he was going. So I or don't win. know how I'm ever going to get in touch with them ever again. I've lo- This is a genuinely agonizing moment of, no, I've made a terrible mistake, and there's no way for me to pay it back. Ah, fuck. Wait, wait, come back. Wait, Skeeter! Goodbye. And then the door opens behind him, and, hey, it's Skeeter. Fuck you. No catharsis. <laughs> yeah, he's there. Uh, and then that's when we learn the great... And Skeeter's, like, totally oblivious. He's like, what's wrong? Like, what? Are, what? what's going on? Like, why are you upset? What do you like, fucking uh, think uh, is wrong? <laughs> yeah, what have we been talking about for the past day? So what's really funny is in, the, like, the past, like, 12 hours or so, Skeeter found out that he's just moving to the basement, and he didn't... Like, call Doug. Right. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's when we learned. I, I was also that- laughing about, like, they just, like, on the first day, the va- his parents just move all of his, have him move all of his stuff down to the basement. And he doesn't even realize what's going on until right then. You're right. <laughs> yeah, like, he wakes up and he's in yeah, the basement. He's like, oh, I guess I'm not moving. Oh, yeah, they- so that's why they drugged me last night. Right. It's the scene, uh, the Smash Adams scene where the movers are carrying Skeeter out the house actually happened, but they're moving him down to the basement. Why did you contract <laughs> us to do this? Yeah, right. You could have done this he yourselves. <laughs> what are you, why are you confining this child down here? He can move. <laughs> this is the point yeah. I got genuinely fucking mad. Because yep. they did an actual good job with the first half of it, and they completely fucking wreck it. Like, gentle viewer, it has been half a year or however long it's taken you to binge listen up to this point. We are finally circling, or circling around the flaw at the heart of Doug and the flaw at the heart of Jim Jenkins' 90s boomer-ass pathology. Jim <laughs> Jenkins is a nice young Baptist boy from the Virginia suburbs, and he set out to create his perfect world for a kid to grow up in. And that perfect world is this. While Doug lives in fear that any second now, God is going to strike him down from any of the countless weaknesses he knows in himself, God never actually follows through. That's utopia, existing in constant fucking fear that any moment now, you will be subject to consequences, but it's okay, they never actually happen. Jim Jenkins can envision a world without bigotry, violence, and hatred, but he cannot imagine a world without his own holy terror. This is hopelessly fucked. I'm imagining Doug and Roger kissing on the mouth. Uh, It's a nice soothing image, but I'm not sure I can get back to that headspace yet. Give me a minute. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Jim. That, like, even in what is ostensibly paradise, you can't escape neuroses. Yeah, you're you still terrified. Anxiety. You're still utterly 
you are still prisoner of your own inborn fears that you've been taught to live in constant anxiety about. But it's okay. You're proved that you are always wrong to be afraid. That you exist constantly being reminded by the world, no, you're an idiot. Why would you ever think something bad could happen, you stupid child? You're defined by your anxiety, which is a sin. Yeah, you are a <laughs> sinner. There is no redemption, you stupid asshole. And you shouldn't seek, like, therapy or help or communication with your parents. Like, man. Or ask questions. <laughs> Do anything, really. Don't, this only amplifies in the next scene because, okay, they go to the BB's costume party, and it's very clear that this is inspired by Charlie Brown. And it because they're doing the same little dumb little Charlie Brown repeated animation dances. And as we noted earlier, the uh, costume for Doug is it's just the wig. He didn't ever bother finishing a costume. Fuck you. And 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 also Porkchop is not dressed like the another member of the Beats. No, nope. he's a heart. <laughs> he's just he's a heart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it makes it very clear that like Charlie Brown is very clearly a lot of the inspiration for Doug. But is that so often the case when nerds decide to copy something they love, Jim Jenkins missed the core of it in favor of replicating the aesthetics. For those of you in our audience who are too young to know about it, one of the famous running gags in Charlie Brown is Charlie Brown and the football. Lucy is one of his friends, sort of. She's kind of always a piece of shit to him. <laughs> but, like, the whole thing is that Charlie Brown is gonna try to kick a field goal. And Lucy is holding the football. And always, every time, Charlie Brown ran for something like 50 fucking years. And this gag was repeated constantly of, he lines up, he's talking himself into it, he's psyching himself up, he's gonna kick the football. And then at the last second, Lucy pulls it away, Charlie Brown screams, yeah! And it totally eats shit and Lucy makes fun of him. But the key of that is... Classic. Yeah, it's... Every time Charlie Brown lies up to kick it, every time she'd pull it away, and every time Charlie Brown knows this is probably what's going to happen next, Charlie Brown dealt with failure. Most of the <laughs> stories are about how, even as a small kid, yeah, no, you're not always going to get what you want. Sometimes bad things happen, and you have to learn to deal with it. And yeah, it's awful. It's really unpleasant. But... You keep on swinging, and eventually, someday, you'll be able to kick that goddamn football. Doesn't matter how constantly the universe fucks Charlie Brown over, underneath the gormless dipshit exterior, there's actually someone who cares and believes in himself, believes it is possible to change, and thinks, this time I will do better than last time. Doug doesn't do that. <laughs> Doug was this close to learning that, if you'll pardon me stealing a line from a much better work, life is a series of meetings and partings. What matters is to make the most of the time we have with the people we care about and move on when those times are no more. But Jim Jenkins never learned that, and so Doug never learns that. He sits there, partying aimlessly, all of his gormless, dipshit fears about ever growing up being wiped away by his gormless, dipshit creator. <laughs> oh I'm mad, God. by the way. P parody, parody, <laughs> not actionable. Um, but to take a take a step back and get back into conspiracy brain, uh, please. Did you guys notice Stinky's costume? Yep, it's what Mickey Mouse. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. This, this is, is a moment. false flag. I know what a false flag is. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's foreshadowing the Disney sale. Oh, uh, which happens in like five seasons. Yes. Man, but shit. Yeah, no, it's grim. It's brutal that there's like no like lessons. And this is the season finale. Like I want to frame all of this and that this is like the culmination of everything we've learned in this season. And Doug even like makes a statement like that. He's like, every friend I've made since living here was here. Even all they aren't, gathered like, Chalky's, here. Chalky's not there. Connie's party. not there. Whoever Skunky is isn't there, right? I mean, there's like, no way Game no- Master Anthony. Yeah, there's no way of knowing who or where Skunky is. Skunky is right. in all of our hearts. But like, like you're saying, Jim, like this should be the moment when like there's a big moment of big learning. Change. When there's a should yeah, be change. When when there's a moment of like my empathy was important, like even if even if we go and we say like okay, he, we actually are moving, but like you know, I talked to we talked to Skeeter's dad, and we realized that oh maybe I can like work remotely or like I can commute or something because it's so important for you to be here. I don't know, yeah. but like something that it's like communications important, like family's important, you know, like all the anything is important. <laughs> right, like all the things they're leading up to before they slip on the banana peel. Yeah. <laughs> like it's shocking mostly because like that first half of the episode, they actually set you up for a decent moral, but because yeah, for anything Jim, for anything to happen but because Jim Jenkins cannot understand the concept of change because he has banished it from his little fucking utopia. No. <laughs> yeah, Doug talks about how I learned of an important lesson today. I mean, I could have learned an important lesson today aside from the fact that I didn't. <laughs> Man, fuck yeah. this episode. Yeah, and he says the what when at the very beginning when Doug was like, you know, have you ever learned a lesson that teaches you what's really important? Like what he leaves it as, like what he says that his lesson is, is that he should that Skeeter and him should do everything to get possible together in case someone actually does have to move. Everything possible together. No comment. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And uh, and he says, and they're gonna suck each other's beckers. Woo! We should just cut. Give me that right stinky here. dinky! <laughs> oh my god, God! No, dinky isn't there, Sam. We can't get the stinky dinky. <laughs> Sam, are you doing a representation of the, that show in this show where Jim and I are trying to make a moral? <laughs> and then you slip on the yes, I am the the proverbial banana peel of chaos. God damn it! Art imitates life. We'll be sending you back to Cook County Jail momentarily. <laughs> yeah. I now it. that the season's done, you have to finish your sentence. <laughs> They're finally letting me back into prison. Oh my god! Due to your bad behavior, <sighs> you were forced to leave prison for a bit. Right. Man. All right. Shit. Well. That's the end of this episode, and that's the end of this season of Doug, of season one. I, Man, I really, like, I know we've been going hard on this, and we've been making a lot of, like, dumb and awesome jokes and going a lot on morals and characters and stuff, but, like, thank you guys for doing this, like, for all doing this together. Like, I really love this, and I look forward to it every week, and I look forward to sharing it with you guys and sharing it with the audience. Thank you for wrangling us in. Yeah, that's been very real. <laughs> Our, oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> Give me that stinky dinky. 
my god. And thank god that they only ever made one season of Doug, and we will never do another episode of this podcast ever again, right? Yeah, we did it. Nice right? season. Woo! Join us next week for season two. Oh, episode no! <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? Fuck! <laughs> oh, man, we will never stop. <laughs> At least for the next two years of this fucking show. Two years of Doug. <sighs> Get ready. Buckle up, gentle viewer. Sit down, shut up, and go to school. We are your teachers. <laughs> We're sorry. You've made terrible mistakes somewhere in life. Oh, my God. Until next time, gentle viewer. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>